Hi, I'm Connor. And I'm Jeremy. We're the hosts of an upcoming limited series, The Legend of Zelda Games Club, on patreon.com slash superNPCradio. We love the Zelda series to heart pieces. So throughout the year, we'll be covering the mainline Zelda games starting in April, running all the way through November. Subscribers at the $10 DJ Toad tier over at patreon.com slash superNPCradio will get an episode twice a month with some of the best Zoras, Hillians, and Dekus around. Not only are we covering the entire mainline series, but we'll also be going over or other Zelda topics along the way. That naughty little tingle might even sneak an episode for free every now and then. We can't stop him. We've tried. Want a deep dive on the hookshot? It's coming. Fascinated by Zelda clones? We're covering them. Always dreamed of a Zelda space solace? Well now, my Goron brother, it's happening. Check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio and subscribe at the $10 DJ Toad tier. We've got a ton of fun in store this year as we explore Hyrule, Termina, Koholint Island, and more. And don't forget, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Take, Take us! us. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to talk about a video game that is special to them and why. And if you listen to the show, you'll know that we talk as much about what made playing the game fun and enjoyable for our guests and what they love about it as we will around the context of when they fell in love with it for the first time. Sometimes it's more of the first, sometimes it's more of the latter. It's hard to say. I don't know what's going to happen this episode. We'll see what happens. Uh, A little housekeeping up top is that uh, if you're on social media and you like to interact with your favorite shows, you can check us out as well. We're on Instagram at callmebyyourgamepod. We're also on Twitter at callmebyyourgame, but just the one Y, so that's B-Y-O-U-R. There you can see... uh, episodes when they release you can see the cool art i make you can see uh who the heck our guest is for these episodes uh there's a lot of fun updates that come from those um so check it out Uh, and if you want to support the show there's a few ways you can do that you can of course leave us a rating and a review on apple podcast Uh, that helps our visibility like it does for all shows we've actually got a couple fun reviews recently um that i didn't prepare to read today so maybe i'll read those on a different episode but we got some fun ones so thank you to those of you out there who did that you can share the show with a friend whether they love video games in general or maybe uh love this game that we're talking about today and this is a pretty big one so i'm thinking you probably know someone who loves this game and lastly as you've maybe already heard or are going to hear an ad for it, uh, you can check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash supernpcradio, where we have a ton of bonus content. And if you like this show, there's always a, mo- a monthly bonus uh, group episode, the co-op episode. Most recently, we did the Turtles in Time episode, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and it was a blast. Uh, that's it for the housekeeping, and I will finally 
introduce our guest for the episode. So please welcome to the mic, friend to Saria, soulmate to Epona, and hero of time, Shireen Lani Yunez. Welcome to the show. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Connor. That was a beautiful introduction. I have all you. of those things. Um, uh, They're yeah. all true, right? You are the hero of time and you're friends with yeah, Saria. 100%. I'm wearing the, Hyru- the Hyrule shield on my shirt. It's beautiful. Shirt. I'm ready to go. I the master sword only works in my hand, you know, yes. like it's it's all me. You are the you are the hero of time the chosen one. So I it's it's only fitting that you're that you're here to join us for this episode. Um we know each other because we met uh cuz we're we're you know, we're we're cin- cine cin- cinema freaks. Uh maybe that's a little weird way to label us. We're filmmakers. We met uh doing a short film with our friend Honestly, you you wore like 40 hats on that set too. It was a small crew. You were, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I clocked you as AD, set design, uh, camera assistant. I mean, you did it all. I mean, you got, I, mean, I feel like when you work or when you make enough indie stuff or like, in, like real indie, like low budget to no yes. budget independent stuff, uh, all of my shit is basically, can I curse? You can curse. Curse away. Okay, great. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like all of my stuff is so uh, low, it's like low to no budget that like mm-hmm. I'm just used to stepping in totally. when I'm when when I see there's something that's needed. But also I can't help it. Like I I realize when it's not even my set, like if I'm not the writer or director, I, I'm get I get really bossy uh-huh. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I have to try I have to uh reel that back sometimes but i'm glad it didn't come off that way (laughs) no it didn't i would say it only it was honestly because i think it was basically just the four of us aside from the the cast to varying sizes that we had but like you said that's sort of how you how it has to go and it's honestly just great when people are assertive and taking command of things because i think what can happen is that nobody can sometimes and therefore it's like it slows things down. Things don't happen. So uh, great job. Just taking the reins there. Thanks, Connor. I appreciate that. Of course. <laughs> um, but that's how we met. Um, and I know that you're uh, friends with, you know, friend of the show who's been on twice, uh, Edgar Montplacier. He's been on twice? He's been on. He's been on only for his solo episode. He was on for, I think it was episode three or four. He oh. was like. An early, an early guest. Okay. Um, but then he did a, for that monthly co-op episode you heard me talking about, he came on for, to do uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, mm. And that was really fun. But nice. you're friends with him. I know you threw Anna, but who are you? Tell tell our who listeners, just in I? case they might know, like whatever you want, who you are and, and what you do. Who am I? <laughs> a, I? I really did intend it to be as existential as possible. I mean, so that's exactly re- where my mind goes. I'm constantly filled with. You did look off into dread. a corner of the room and looked very shocked when I asked that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my face. But yeah, I am filled with uh, a lot of existential dreads. So that's where my mind went. But um, I'm, yeah, as you said, like I'm a filmmaker, I write and direct stuff mostly. Um, produce or help out for people that I like. And uh, I make short films and music videos. I try to get my first feature off the ground. Um, oh, yeah. And I also write poetry. I have a poetry book online. And really? I'm writing my next one. Yeah, I'm writing another poetry collection. 
And uh, God, I feel so inseparable. I have so many things. I also have a podcast. Oh, keep going. I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna ask you about your show anyway. And by the way, anything you feel like plugging, we'll put in the show notes so people can just click and check cool. it out. So have yeah. at it. I mean, if you want to check out any of my stuff, I'm sure you can just like Google me and find things. Um, I have a website, which is like basically just like a portfolio like of my stuff. Cool. But my podcast is, I co-host it with my friend Anna. She, not the same Anna that we just talked about, yes. but uh, it's called Ethnically Ambiguous and we've had it since 2017 and uh, it's basically, it started off as a news podcast like centered around the Middle East, but our emotional reservoir was slowly <laughs> running dry and we could and then we were, we were just talking about really sad personal things and yeah. so we started doing guest episodes and so now we focus on talking to marginalized people uh people of color just like people in communities that need a platform and so that's what we do now we have uh episodes every monday and it's really fun we learn so much from so many cool people and we occasionally have like the news episode here and there or like a fun episode like a q a or something yeah but yeah it's like uh i black out and don't remember anything i ever say <laughs> but i overshare so much on every podcast i ever do Ooh, even guest wait. episodes so a lot of people out there know a lot of things about me at this point <laughs> but my, my voice is out there for hours and hours and that trips me out so much but what can i do that's so funny i i i have feel like i've had the same experience doing this show now this will be episode 68 plus our i don't know 11 or 12 bonus episodes we've done plus all the other crap and it's like i just just too much of me is is out there oh yeah um i i already didn't have a filter and i already had a tendency to overshare but i really treat podcasts like therapy sometimes yeah. so that's not good <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I need an actual therapist but um but yeah uh that's podcasting is interesting that way i think uh it really especially during this last year was one of the only ways that i connected with a lot of people or like oh, yeah. had conversations like there were some weeks where i only had a conversation because of the podcast wow yeah so and that's just me being depressed but um but yeah it's it's just a medium that connects you in this way that is really unexpected. And I think I just appreciate it in a different light than I did before. Um, yeah. But yeah, podcasting is kind of sick when you think about it. You yeah. know, like you're in someone's ear every week or so and they want to hear you talk over and over. Like that's wild to me. Yeah, like every it, time someone tells me they listen to my show, I'm like, really? Like people <laughs> listen to the show? <laughs> It's like, is it sick that we continue to put this out there or is it sick that they continue to listen? Maybe it's a mix of both. Yeah, it's a symbiotic, uh, uh, what's it called? Like, oh, a snake eating its own tail. Yes. Like Oberos. And I'm saying that wrong. Some, some nerd is going to I know what you me. mean, though. But, uh, but yeah, it's like that. It's like we need one. Or we can't exist without the other. And yes. And we're both insufferable. But Totally. Yeah. A, a real, uh, the only comparison i would have is a, is a real batman joker situation and yeah and that's that's the and i don't even know why but yeah. i feel like they sort who's, of need each other whose origin story came first you, i don't know you know it's hard to like, say they, they need one to exist like they can't exist without the other thank you, you know? for supporting me in that uh in that half-assed connection that i made i really appreciate that no um, problem speaking of your show i remember um 
having, I had definitely heard about your show and I think I, I told you on set, I was, I think it was maybe day two where I was like, are you the same Shireen that I follow on Twitter? And you were like, <laughs> I don't know. And so I looked it up and it was like, oh, certainly I had been following you on Twitter for months, which was very funny, but I hadn't made that connection in person. So huh. you never know who's, yeah. who could be following you out there. I, yeah, it, it trips me out, but uh yeah, I, like I, that was the first time. I mean, I've heard of you through Anna and Edgar. Like, yeah. you talked about pretty highly. Oh, thank, thank um, God! I'm surprised. I know, right? But uh, I'm so bad at following people that I don't talk to regularly. Like, even oh, yeah. like someone will follow me, and I just don't remember who they are or like whatever. But I'm trying to get better at it because mm -hmm. my following to follower ratio is so low and it's not even on purpose i'm just bad at, at social media <laughs> like i just i just like for a while i had this rule like i'm only gonna follow people i know personally like totally that's kind of my rule on instagram and twitter for the most part other mm -hmm. than like following nasa and nathan fielder but everyone has that except those yeah. two exceptions though so that's fair but i'm realizing especially recently this these last couple of years that i should follow people that are like and like that are well informed even if i don't know them personally like for a while i treated it as a so a, like a social thing but now sure. i'm realizing like there's it's it's a conduit for news uh, information totally. art you know so i'm trying to get better at it i'm still pretty bad at like curating sure. my space that way but we'll get there we'll get there and you know you don't you don't have to do anything any sort of way it's it's a, whatever you want and i'm sure that's going to be fine so mm -hmm. But good on you for putting some thought into it. I mean, uh, I think way too much about everything, as you'll find <laughs> out. So. And hopefully too much about what we're going to talk about today. Um, mm -hmm. Was that all you felt like sharing about yourself? Oh, God. Uh, I guess so. Dangerous um, question, I know. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into more stuff me? as we go, too. I mean, um, I don't know. <laughs> cool. I'll take that as a yes. Yeah. Um, so... Before, Shireen, we get into your history with video games in general, would you mind telling us the game that we're going to discuss later on in the show? Yeah, um, we're going to be talking about Ocarina of Time, Legend of Zelda, uh, for a long time. So English was my second language, and so I always said things very how they're spelled. So yes. it's, it's like a struggle for me to say Ocarina. I want to say Ocarina so bad. Like I, I want to say Ocarina of Time yeah. because that's how it is in my head. That's how I treasure it. But when I got, what, until I was like a teenager and heard other people talking about it, I didn't realize I was saying it wrong because sure. this, the letter O is right there. Yeah. Ocarina. If it makes and, you feel any little, better, yeah. I still flip flop Ocarina, Ocarina because okay, Ocarina good. is the way that I think I said it as well, yeah. but I know it's Ocarina. So you'll hear me on, for the listeners who are crazy and listen to me, you'll hear me go back and forth. So you're okay. 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 Great. Great. I, I blamed my... English second language because I mean I say so many things wrong for that reason because yes. I just like learned them in my head wrong or I read them how they're spelled yes. in my head and then out loud and people are like what are you saying yeah um but yeah ocarina of time I'm saying yeah. it the way I want to yes uh, good <laughs> uh we're gonna be talking about that it's basically maybe probably my favorite game of all time for various reasons it. yeah it's it's cool it's uh it you know I've, i say this all the time on the show it's very fun to have guests come on to discuss games that i'm not familiar with that i brush up on before the show but this is the game that i've played more than any other game so mm -hmm. and i love this one a lot too um 
Also, this is this is a trend we've started recently, but this is our second episode where we're discussing a game a second time, uh, which is fun. Ba- way back when I, I looked it up, it was episode 24 with uh, with one of actually what we call ourselves the three amiibos of our little <laughs> podcast network. July Diaz came on ooh. to discuss this. Do you know July at all? No, but it sounds from, I just said, ooh, because it I like be, that name. Maybe, it was a cool name. <laughs> you probably brushed by him on Twitter and were like, I don't know him personally, so I'm not going to follow him. But he's he's friends with, good friends with Anna and Edgar oh, as nice. well. So yeah. I mean, it's a badass name. Yeah. Uh, he's badass dude. Um, but but so I was this also is, like, it makes me... When you ask me, when anyone asks me, I mean anyone, this is like the second or third video game thing I've, video podcast I've done, video nice. game podcast I've done. But every time someone asks me about like my favorite games, I'm kind of, I feel like a fraud because so many of my favorites are so basic and so everyone loves them. Like Ocarina, a lot of Final Fantasy or Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. Like everyone <laughs> loves those fucking games. I'm not being niche, you know? So I'm sure every podcast has already talked about these stuff or this, like these kinds of games. You know, you and, don't have to be niche though. Yeah. It's whatever's, sure it's whatever's in here, Shireen, and I'm pointing like, to my I heart. Could, I could talk about a niche game, but I just wouldn't have the the the, the vigor or passion behind it, you totally. know? I wouldn't be, like, wanting to talk about it. I would just be a hipster for the sake of being a hipster. You yes. Know? Well, hey, I'm yeah. glad you're being authentic, you. That's really all Thanks. I ask on this show. Thank you, thank you. Of course. Um, I'm so pumped to talk about this later uh it's gonna be fun uh, and i've got like i said some fun stuff prepared at the end of the show as well but before we do that uh let's talk about your history with video games in general um as i told you before the show i'd love to start at the beginning if you remember it do you remember like when you ever took an interest in video games were they all something that was always around what was it like for you yeah so my parents are syrian immigrants and I grew up pretty sheltered. We weren't really allowed to like, like I remember I did ballet for a while, but as soon as I got over like four, my dad was like, this is too risque. So <laughs> I had to stop. So there were a lot of things like that. And I sure. honestly think my dad, we he bought us an SNES, me and my older sister. She's only a year cool. and a half older than me. So we're very close in age, but I'm pretty sure he bought us an SNES for the purpose of keeping us inside. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's like, going to okay, be effective. <laughs> they need to be busy. I don't want them to go get abducted. So here's a console. Uh, yes. And I remember we were like interested in it. I feel like we were like, I don't even know. I, I don't remember. I feel like he just got us the console with Super Mario. Nice. And he would play with like the levels with us sometimes. I feel like that was the first game we played the SNES Super cool. Mario. I don't know if it's called Super Mario World. Maybe yeah. probably. That's it. Um, and then we just got a ton of video uh, games like that. We got Link to the Past. We got so good. Uh, so many was oh, uh, <laughs> this is maybe like there were so many like Donkey Kong or like there was like an Aladdin game that was very yeah. fun. A Looney Tunes game. Um, oh, there was like a good Tiny Tunes game too. Yeah, I don't know if you ever played that, but I think it's called Buster Bust Loose. Oh, the one where is, is there like a. a, a uh, a level where there's like food uh, rows and there's like plates spinning around and you have to there catch them. There could him. be. I've, I've actually I mean, never played it, but there could be. That just reminds me of this one level in the Looney Tunes game that I had. That's but, awesome. But yeah, we just got addicted to games and um, I was born in uh, California, but my when I was like a month old, my family and I moved back to Syria for a okay. minute. And so we were back and forth for a while. And in Syria, 
the the cousins I was closest to, me and my sister were closest to in age, they had a Sega Genesis. And so that that was like Syria video game memories, like playing Sega with my cousins. And then all the PlayStation games were on their computer because they didn't have a PlayStation. So they like were able to find them on the on the PC. So a lot of the first Final Fantasy games I played were on their PC. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, so video games became genuinely this very familial bonding thing for me, my sister, and my cousins. Um, and we would take the SNES to Syria sometimes because we wanted to show our family these these games. I'm oh, so, wait, also? Li- yeah. Sorry, I just remembered. No, I think the first game I ever played was on the Windows PC. I've never met someone that remembers this game, but it was called Load Runner. And Load Runner. And it was just like I'm gonna look two it up bit really game quick. where like this guy is like running on this like grassy thing and he has to jump over things and like it is I've never heard I mean I haven't even looked it up in a long time, but I was obsessed with that game on the PC. Yeah. And I was always obsessed with like Snake and all those like little tiny games, Pac-Man. I love those awesome. like all of those games. I'm obs- I'm still obsessed with Pac-Man to be honest. Um so I feel like the attachment I got to video games was like pretty natural because I yeah. was like, oh, I can hold something in my hand. I don't have to click or like use these arrows. Great. I have, This is like, I'm all about it. Um, and me and my older sister being so close, a lot of my first memories playing basically any game were with her. Okay. So we would play every game together. We'd like, we 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 do, do like one we wouldn't have separate files. Like every Final Fantasy game, we'd like take turns training oh, or like I whatever. Love that. So we were just really close in that way. And when I think about those times, I just think about my sister and I like discovering things together. And I think I really loved that about yeah. like, like we would like go into this temple and be like, whoa, and have someone <laughs> to be like, that's cool, right? Like this like, cool music would come on. We'd be like, we love this song. So it's like, it was so cool to have um, a little partner to experience yeah. all those wondrous moments with because we were raised so similarly and so mm-hmm. like sheltered and like mm-hmm. we kind of only had each other as far as like someone that really understood us or yeah. could relate to us or like our accents or like our the, like the little Arabic English dialect we had. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah. So when I think of the first introduction to video games, I can't help but think of um experiencing that with my older sister that's fairly special it's yeah you know just it's, it's really nice to share stuff with people yeah that sounds really cool but as you were as you were saying i mean i was just gonna continue with like i think that same bonding uh feeling transferred to playing with my cousins in syria on the oh, yeah. sega playing sonic the hedgehog and um all these cool games they also had nintendo not uh, the Super Nintendo. They had the original one. Oh, so I cool. played that after playing the SNES. Oh, they interesting. had like Duck Hunt and all of these <laughs> games that were... With the little zapper gun? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. Like I went like back in time as far as consoles. I mean, Syria is back in time in a lot of ways. But, sure. um But yeah, they were kind of behind technology-wise on a lot of things. So going back there was kind of like a little time travel back yeah. into stuff. Do you remember... And I mean, uh, I don't know if you remember specifically, but because you started with the Super Nintendo and you were playing their Genesis, do you remember it all being like, like, were you, did you still like the NES games or were you like, oh, no, yeah. this is old garbage? Oh, you liked it? No. Okay. 
I loved it. We got a Game Boy pretty... I don't Ooh. know when Game Boys came out, but we got a Game Boy, and I loved the Game Boy, and it reminded me of the NES. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, this is just like the NES on a tiny screen. Fuck yeah. You, um, you, it looks yeah. like they did their job. That was their vision <laughs> with it, so you're you're going to make someone out there, Nintendo's listening, they're going to be happy to hear that. Yeah. Um, and we had the special edition Game Boy. It was like yellow with Pikachu on it. Oh, it yeah. So I know that one. So the dirty. Game Boy Color. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it's called. Game Boy Color. Uh, but yeah. And there's like a ma- memory I have of my dad playing like the third level of Super Mario with us. And like just it was just I don't know. It's kind of sweet to think back. And I'm just a sentimental person. So obviously the memories I think of are just like make me want to cry. But yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, I just love video games and I just loved being able to explore this like expansive, massive world because, yeah, I, I we traveled a lot going back and forth to Syria and stuff. But in a lot of ways, I think we really we felt really isolated and alone. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so grateful to have sisters because they understand what it feels like to grow up like a Syrian American weirdo, like better than I, like better than anybody. Yeah. But I think it gave us an opportunity to just like explore the world. And I know yeah. that sounds a little bit lame, but it was really important to us. And yeah, I think that's sound why lame we at all, all love. I mean, we all love video games till this, yeah. to, like to this day. So I think it just makes sense. Um, it's yeah it's like interactive reading like <laughs> totally i know what you mean I, and yeah. by the way it does not as i said that doesn't sound lame at all it make it seems to make a lot of sense because like you were saying even though you were traveling to and from syria you were from what you've said seems like you were isolated and like sheltered so your way to get out and explore was in these games yeah. seemingly yeah because i wasn't Arab enough or Syrian enough to feel Syrian in Syria. I was, we were always the American cousins. And then in the US, we stuck out like a sore thumb. We had accents and uh, we're like brown people in the middle of like mm-hmm. a white town. So we just, I feel like a lot of children of immigrants can probably relate to that feeling yeah. of being transient or like one foot in each world kind of thing, not feeling like you belong in anything. Um, like a, like an alien like feeling. I feel like mm-hmm. that gets talked about a lot. So I think that was part of it too. It was just like we could all focus on this one thing, and we're all experiencing like experiencing it, experiencing it together. Um, and then there was when we moved. We I was in San Diego in third grade. I moved in third grade, and my best friend was my next door neighbor. And so we would go to her house and play video games, and she would cool. come to our house and play video games. And so Dream come true. <laughs> it was just it was just so special because. We still have inside jokes from the games we played, like Amazing. from the Aladdin game. We still have, it's just like, I don't know. Video games are just so special and so wondrous. Like I still remember the wonder I felt when I got the, we, we like begged for the N64. Yeah. And we had, <laughs> we had that like clear orange one. Remember when oh. like those like, see-through designs were really popular like yes. pcs or whatever <laughs> oh yeah can i show you something yeah 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 
Um, I don't have my console. I have the black N64, which is hooked up over there. But uh, this is my green controller yes. that I have. Yes. So this is my like pro- my favorite N64 controller. But I yes. know exactly what you're talking about. I have we have three of those orange ones for the three sisters, and then we needed a guest one when someone would come over. So we ended up buying a purple one that was see through. I love um, it. Yeah. So, but I still remember how, like, not to jump to Ocarina, but like, sure. I still remember. The wonderment of seeing like everything in 3D and just thinking it was so, so cool. And obviously now those graphics are like archaic seeming. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm constantly trying to like get back that feeling that I had as a child because oh, yeah. I really thought that was the shit. And it is the shit. I still, like, I can never, I can never make that. Like, I don't understand yeah. how it was made. <laughs> I can barely understand how electricity works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I think that's the thing I love the most is remembering the awe I felt and remembering yeah. the, the sense of wonder and adventure that I felt and just, not allowing it to fade away. I don't yeah. want it to be an adult that's just jaded and like complains about graphics. Like I don't fucking care. It's it's I I want to have that same sense of wonderment when I like go outside and see a tree, you know? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so and I remember those feelings so clearly. I don't know why they I just remember like certain moments that I'm sure I'll bring up about the yeah. game too. I was just filled with so much like whoa, like that's so cool. What is this? Yeah, I'm sure every kid could feel that way about their favorite game too. And I just think we should never let go of that feeling. It's not just a kid feeling. We yeah. only let it be a kid feeling. And I think the happiest way we can live is to to remember how to be a kid and remember before what what it felt like before we realized the world was a piece of shit. Like, yeah. like I was talking to a friend about this the other day, but like one of the things on my bucket list for the longest time was to go to space when I was okay. a kid, when I was anything. And then I realized I can't like, I, one, I'm not smart enough to go to space. <laughs> Two, not rich enough to go to space. Yeah. Like quickly that dream fizzled out and broke my heart. You know, when I got yeah. to high school, probably maybe even middle school. I don't know. But I want to go back to thinking I could do that. Like I want to go back to this that little kid yeah. that was like on my bucket list. I'm gonna go skydiving. I'm gonna go to. I want to see the moon from space and all the other stuff. All these like outlandish things that I'm sure my parents were like, "Sure, sweetie." Um, <laughs> but I, but I, I still want to go back to the mentality of that, right? Yeah. And similar to anime, I think video games they can do so much. Because anything is possible in those worlds. Anything is possible. You can't even, it's not so rigid as like live action or reality or this world that we're in now. I think that element of games and like those types of just really immersive, creative things, it really gets, I don't, there's just something about them. I'm going to stop rambling, but I love video games. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think, I mean, honestly, you shared a lot of really wise words that are important to remember that I forget a lot of the time, which is just like, remember when you were a kid and you were so joyful and excited about things and you dreamed so big? Um, I think it's easy for, I I don't know how old you are. I turned 30 in November. It was a pretty dark, uh, pretty dark time. Yeah, I turned 30 last year. Congrats. uh, In April. Okay. And that was like kind of a scary part of the pandemic. And I was yes, by myself. Oh my gosh. And I mean, 
it was a traumatic birthday to say the least. I was by myself I'm and sorry. I did shrooms, way too many shrooms. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> I'm but sorry. I'm still here. I'm still here. Yeah, you made it. I don't know if anyone out there believes in like Saturn returns. Like I didn't, I don't believe oh. in anything 100%, but after that birthday, I was like, okay, maybe this is real. Like I'm yes. fucked up. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Goodness. Um. Yeah. It's just like, but all, all that to say is just that I, I would now more than ever, I've been like, I sort of having a similar feeling to you where I'm just like, I'd like to get back to that. And back to feeling feeling that way yeah. as much as I possibly can. As much as like, you know, it's impossible for us to ignore all of the travesties that continue mm-hmm. to happen both locally and globally. Yeah. And how those seem to be perpetuated all the time. And it exactly. seems like it's never going to end. Yeah. That said, it's important to find those like pockets of joy and, 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 and those pockets of dreams to hopefully feel better. So yeah. thank you for that was that was really fantastic. I didn't even need to add on to it. I'm sorry for doing that. Um, uh, don't apologize, Connor. This is your podcast. Do not apologize. This but, is true. Um, yeah, I I mean I also think we're a very certain t- generation, like this very small window where we were around when the internet came a thing. We were yeah. around for dial up. We were around for like archaic cell phones. You know, like mm-hmm. I I think we were this perfect generation. Not perfect, but. This no, bridge I think generation. We're perfect. <laughs> I guess so. But we were like this bridge generation where all of this wondrous, like groundbreaking technology, like we remember that being implemented yeah. versus kids being born now or even like five years after us. They were around when the internet was a thing. They were around with their parents holding a cell phone at all times. So mm-hmm. I think that maybe made us even more like, whoa, the world, like what anything, like I, this is amazing. And I remember having GeoCities websites and just everything yeah. being so, ugh, like just so cool. And I miss the, the, those times where totally. like I, there was this like wonderment about the internet and not this fear that I have now. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. I feel like we already have like a phenomenal episode that's already happened and we have <laughs> Sorry, so much more I, to come. No, no, no. I no, ramble a lot about please. philosophical bullshit. But. Hey, if, if if you'll ask me not to apologize, I'll ask you not to apologize because okay. it's I'm this is really wonderful to get to hear from you. <laughs> also, truly, this is part of what's fun about having like a friend acquaintance on the show mm-hmm. is that we don't really know each other that well, so it's fun no. to Fun to talk like I've this. I've seen you um, like twice in person. Truly. Uh, and maybe never again. Who knows? Um, uh, what I wanted to follow up with, though, was to stick on your journey with games. Um, was Did those continue to be a part of your life through like high school and college? Did you take any big breaks? Anything you want to share like sort of leading up to this point now? I mean, yeah, I, I'm a huge nerd. I was a huge nerd. Uh, I've always, I'm always going to be a huge nerd. And You're I claim at home that, on this show. I want you to yeah. know that. <laughs> I, I just claim those terms so uh, endearingly. Like, ner- mm-hmm. like nerd, dork, weirdo. I want to be those things. Yeah. And I am those things. So, yeah, after we had the N64, we played so many games on that. I love the N64. So good. Um, we ended up getting a PS a PlayStation and then a PS2. And that was really our introduction to, I mean, we play Final Fantasy. Actually, no, I'll rewind. The first Final Fantasy game I played was in Syria with my cousins. We played Final Fantasy VII on the PC. So cool. And I just remember like, 
we were in because we had one computer which was like so big and so one of those like giant computers from back <laughs> yes. in the day and we were all huddled around this pc playing final fantasy 7 and it was yeah. so fucking sick i just remember being like creeped out by uh what's what's her face uh genova Yes. Yes. I was so fucking creeped out by Genova. I can't even begin to describe. Um, And then there was like Sephiroth and all these things. Uh And even in my head, I still imagine them as these like, whoa figures and it yeah. wasn't even until recently that i went back and saw the graphics and i was like i must have had a great imagination or something <laughs> but um yeah, I know what you like, mean. why was i so afraid of genova she's like it's like a know. blurry jpeg <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah so that we were introduced to final fantasy through my cousins or like through that time in syria so when we came back we ended up getting a playstation to play Final Fantasy games, and we were really into just like Square Enix or Square Soft back then. Awesome. Um, and we played so many Final Fantasy games. Uh, that was that's probably my favorite one, Final Fantasy VII, both for like nostalgic reasons, but I also just think it's a little bit more interesting than eight because like eight gets a little bit cheesy and whatever. Sure. Um, and. I didn't really like nine. Maybe I just don't like being a kid. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, I did like being a kid in Ocarina. But, um, and then we played 10. 10 was a huge one for us, me and my sisters. We really liked playing 10. Oh, I love it. So, so fun. I played that for the first time. I had like dabbled in it and my friend had it growing up, mm-hmm. but I played through it last summer for the first time and it was, I loved it. I loved yeah. it so much. It's so epic. It was the first game of, that series that was like they looked very humanoid for the first yeah. time and i remember being so blown away by that and we played x2 but it's garbage um <laughs> <laughs> but and we were also just like really into anime and into uh, j-rock and j-pop so we liked finding ways to listen to stuff in japanese versus english because yeah we didn't like the english uh <laughs> acting totally so anytime we could, if it was possible, we'd like go online or like find the Japanese version of what they were saying or like, we were just so nerdy and so into anime and so into Japanese music that we just, that was a part of that uh, passion for us. I yeah. hate the word passion, but that was part of that like, um, I don't know, world for us. It was all, it was all yes. related in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, they, I think they are kind of related. Like they're both these like anime, especially and video games. They're just like these, anything can happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're like very deep character explorations that can only happen in those two mediums. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we played a lot of PlayStation, um, in Syria, we played a lot of Sega and then I ended up in high school getting into like Counter-Strike and stuff. And like I dabbled in WoW, but I ended up liking Counter-Strike a bit better because WoW, like, all the friends that I had that played WoW were just way too into it. And I just didn't want to, like... I'm sure if I had, like, stuck around, I would have gotten more into MMOs. But Counter-Strike just felt more like... I don't know. Maybe I'm just too much of, like, an independent loner. But, like, I just wanted to, like, hone my skills and stuff. Um, Feels like more of a game you could... And I could be wrong here. Pop in and out and still have a good time but get better at. Whereas, I like you're saying, I think... We had uh, earlier this year had my friend Nelson on to talk about his experience with World of Warcraft. And yeah, yeah seems like that was all he did for a time. <laughs> it's a commitment. And like my my sister, my little sister, she plays MMOs probably 
that's her genre of game that she likes a lot. But she, it's a commitment. Like she raids twice a week and she has to be there. Like, I just, it's, (laughs) I can't do that. I'm a commitment phobe. I don't like commitment. I don't. So even with the video game, I wouldn't be able to do that. Sure. Um, Yes. So, but I didn't, so I didn't play Counter-Strike for too long, probably just like the end of high school. Um, But throughout the whole time, there was the consoles in the background, like 964, PlayStation, obviously Game Boy, but that was like back when I was a kid. Yeah. All the Pokemon games. Um, Nice. And... And then there was like, oh, the the like Super Smash Brothers was a huge thing for us too. Um, we ended up getting the Wii and cool. played like the new Zelda games that came out on the Wii. We honestly oh, yeah. just got the Wii for Zelda, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Um, but yeah, we probably had way too many consoles for being like as low to middle class as we were. But <laughs> my parents were just way too nice. Um, but they also just that. like, I feel like that was like, okay, you're not allowed to go out after six. You might as well have a video game. Totally. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think video games really cultivated all of our, um, sense of like creativity and stuff and, um, left our imaginations just feeling really expansive and like anything was possible. And, um, we're all pretty good storytellers. And I think that's like, like writing and, and for me it's filmmaking and stuff, but I do think there's an element there that is a part of like reading when you're younger, playing video games when you're younger and playing the right video games. Like I've never really been into other than CS, which was very short, short lived. I'm not really into like the gory or like violent games. Sure. Yeah. Um, just because I think there's not a good story there usually. (laughs) I like, I like RPGs because there's like story and there is like philosophy and psychology, like the psychology and philosophy of like so many elements of Zelda, especially Ocarina for me, that's what makes it my favorite. I love this like deep exploration of this character that seems blank. Like Link seems like a blank slate and he basically is, but it's just so interesting to navigate like an interactive story versus just like needing to get uh, like headshots or like, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I also just like a lot of the games that came out later, like call of duty or, Halo or whatever, but especially Call of Duty, like they they were set in like the Middle East and the Arabic text on the buildings was like, oh, bad guy territory. And so that was pretty triggering for me. <laughs> yeah, pretty problematic yeah. the way a lot of that was was and continues to be presented yeah. even with like war. Like I've heard, I've never been a Call of Duty person, but I hearing my friend who actually really likes the those types of games, but has been like, yeah, man, even the new one, there's like so much Reagan hero shit where it's like, right. what? Yeah. So I, I, there's many reasons not to like the, yeah. those. I mean, and I also have a lot of friends that like those games yeah. and uh, it just kind of like makes me a little bit annoyed, not annoyed, but there's, there's so many other good things out there. Like, yeah. I just don't think the majority of people that play those games are smart enough to realize how problematic they are. Like, if there's a kid in the middle of Kansas that's never met an Arab before, and he hears Arabic in those games, and it's like, the bad guy. If he hears Arabic outside the house, he's going to think they're the bad guy. You know, like, I just think a lot of people that play those games don't know enough about different cultures. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a big reason a pretty why fair I shied guess. away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I can't think, I feel like there's so much more that I'm forgetting, but 
That's okay. That's pretty um, much it. I guess uh, the last question I really have for you, since we've gotten to talk about so much great stuff, oh, is Assassin's um, Creed. That's the last. I love Assassin's Creed. Oh, so okay, nice. The, awesome. The, the first one, especially, it's very Damascus Arab influence like El Bayad it's like literally an Arabic name it means like the what like the person like man of flight um it was so so fucking cool and all the like the citadels and the I love Assassin's Creed I don't I didn't get into the third or second one like I did Mm. I played the second one but the first one for me is just iconic that's where it was at um Shadow of the Colossus obviously I will never forget the first time I played that game I was my jaw was on the floor the whole time incredible um, have you i have a question yeah have you played the game that the so the creator of that game his name his name is uh fumito ueda have you played mm-hmm. his previous game eco i've heard so much about eco and i feel like i've seen a lot of like playthroughs sure and maybe i started it or something with my sister but we never got to finish it but yeah. i think i need to want i want to go back and play that one and then play Shadow of the Colossus again. I think but, you should. Yeah. Uh, I'm playing. I happen to be playing it right now for the first time on the PS2. Oh yeah. And and having fallen in love with Shadow in the last year, I I think you would. It's different, but I think you would actually really like a lot of it. Oh, awesome. I mean, Shadow of the Colossus is so beautiful and <sighs> heartbreaking. Also, one of those games that like there's a there's, there's like this underbelly of a story that's just like really fucked up and. against this like beautiful backdrop that's so expansive and so beautiful and i don't know i love that game then there was the occasional like batman game that i liked i liked uh arkham asylum i like arkham city because both batman and assassin's creed had a very similar like fighting style like you were both like you would stand on top of stuff and then like leap down and Mm -hmm. assassinate people yeah um so those are fun but the game I remember the most from like late teenage to early adulthood that really impacted me was Shadow of the Colossus. Cool. Along with like every subsequent Zelda game that came out. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, that's fantastic. I, I definitely want to use this moment to be like listeners and along with Shireen. If you uh, heard a few games that you really like in what Shireen was just sh- saying, we've happened to have done a lot of episodes on those with different wonderful guests. So check those out. Um, like Assassin's Creed and Arkham Asylum. And we did a shadow co-op episode too. That was a nice. big one with, uh, do you know Zig? Yeah. Yeah. Love Zig it. was on that episode. Uh, oh, hell yeah. S- such a good one. But the last question I have for you is... Has there been a game, it, like a recent game that you've really liked? I know you don't really, you haven't been playing anything on, on yeah. consoles, but just curious. Yeah, we talked about this before we hit record, but I've recently downsized a lot. I got yes. rid of a lot of things, including my TV. I took all of the consoles I had, including my beloved N64 and my wow. PS3 and all of that stuff. I, it's in my parents' house because I just moved into a much smaller place and I I'm attempting to go through a minimalist phase, but it's not working. Um, (laughs) But, and I tried to get, I mean, honestly, maybe this is a hot take. I tried to get into The Last of Us and I just couldn't get past hating the main character so much. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I couldn't do it. So I love, the music is amazing though. I love the soundtrack. Um, so, So I didn't get into The Last of Us. But recently, I mean, the most recent game, to be honest, that I really loved and played through all the way was Breath of the Wild. And I yeah. know that was like 
a couple years ago, but I played it pretty late because cool. I don't have my own Switch. I I stole my little sister's <laughs> and she was holding on to it for a really long time. So I didn't play it until last, like the early last year cool. or like even 2019 to 2020. But I think I no, late it. 2019 is when I played it. And I felt so late to the game, but I was so happy to finally play it. It like blew my mind, obviously. I yeah. I just love Breath of the Wild so much. Um I have a I know we pointed out before we recorded the the Keyton mask poster, but the mm-hmm. one next to it, the orange one, that's from there's a part in that game, Eventide Island, where you go to this island oh, and it strips you of your stuff. I couldn't I I couldn't do that one. <laughs> it was hard. I didn't Did do it the first get... time I played, but then I Wait, when I came oh, back. Oh, you went back? Yeah. Oh. What happened? Wait. I guess this is a spoiler, but like, what's the ultimate thing that happens on that island? Yeah, but it's sort of honestly no, no crazy story thing happens, but it, it essentially is like a microcosm of the entire game. Like when oh. you get there, the spirit and this voice is like, "I'm gonna strip you of your stuff, and the goal is to survive, th- just sur- to survive." And yeah. that's what happens. You like start collecting things just like you do in the game, and. Actually, you get like a like a little pot. You get a little minor <laughs> equipment. You have to fight off enemies with minimal stuff. It's it was cool, but yeah, that first time I played the game, I was like, I'm not touching this. It wasn't until my second playthrough that I was like, I'm gonna do it this time. That's fair. Um, um, yeah, I attempted several times, and I was like, I I gotta go get like a dragon scale. I can't do this. Um, yes, <laughs> but yeah, Breath of the That's Wild great. was really fun. It was also the first game that I really gave. Because I don't have a Switch again. So mm-hmm. it made me appreciate the Switch so much yeah. because I took it to my parents' house. I took it to anywhere I was going. I was able to play it on the couch, play it in my bed, you know? Yeah. It was, yeah, it made me appreciate that console so much. And it was just, it's an amazing console. It's very good so quality. Cool. It's so well, it's just, it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, I will also, uh, I'm sure we're going to have an ad for it, but for our our Patreon, the big ticket item this year is we're doing a Legend of Zelda Games Club where every, uh, the listeners will know, but every two weeks on Friday, we're having like a big book club style episode releasing where we're just talking about all of the mainline games with the exception of like a couple crappy ones, mm-hmm. um, which we won't talk about. But <laughs> yeah, so um, so yeah, just all this Zelda talk. I mean, that's all I've been doing this year, so which is why you see the Zelda stuff everywhere. But <laughs> Thank you so respect, much for sharing. Thank, oh, I appreciate that. Um, thanks for sharing about yeah, your yeah. history with games. That was really fun just to even get up to this point. I can't believe we haven't even really talked about Ocarina. I, this is my fault because I, again, no. ramble a lot. Hey, I asked you to share. Feel free to cut out anything. No, we're leaving it all. In fact, I might even add in stuff you didn't even say. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> that could be problematic. But anyway, What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break uh, and then we'll come back from that and we will talk all about your history with Ocarina of Time. How about that? That sounds great. Awesome. I'll see you on the other side. (laughs) 
Hello, my name is Jeremy Schmidt, and I host a podcast called Video Games, a Comedy Show. We pretend like we are morning radio DJs within the Mushroom Kingdom for exactly five minutes per episode before dropping it all together. We cover topics like our favorite video games to take on vacation, the birthday roast of Mario, favorite Desert Island PS2 games, and infinity more episodes. If you like to hold a controller and are prone to laughter, well then Buster, I've got hours of stuff for you. Check out Video Games, a Comedy Show anywhere podcasts can be found. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, of course, here with Shireen Lani Yunez to talk about, of course, for the second time, The Legend <laughs> of Zelda Ocarina of Time. See, that time yeah. I felt like I kind of split did. the pronunciation. That was weird. I mean, my brain's it works breaking. For me. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, as I said before we started rolling, Shireen, what we'll do first is I will lead us into some history and context about this game, mm-hmm. um, which can sometimes feel funny because this is one of the most popular, well-known games <laughs> ever, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, and if you want to interject or share things, please do. Okay. Um, I'll try to leave space for that as well, but interrupt me if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but here we go. The Legend of Zelda. Ocarina of Time is an action-adventure game developed and published by Nintendo for the Nintendo 64 uh, in 1998. Uh, It is the fifth game in the Legend of Zelda series and the first with 3D graphics. Um, It's hard to find uh, a best game, games of all time, discussion or list or YouTube video with and not find uh, Ocarina involved in those. It's just one of those games. And even though... It uh, borrows a great amount from its predecessor, uh, both the link predecessors, both the Link to the Past and Link's Awakening. It was an absolute marvel and remains a touchstone of video games. Uh, it modernized 3D adventure games, not and not only set the standard for third-person action mechanics, it defined them with the Z targeting system, um, which uh, I loved. I mean, I don't really know 3D games without that because this was like one of my first 3D games. Period. So. I'm just used to like holding down that button button and circling around around an enemy. Yeah. Um, it also involved, uh, of course, exploration of the land of Hyrule, puzzle solving, and combat. Um, in the game, the player controls Link, a Kokiri, child of the forest, who, thanks to Fairy Navi, uh, is sent on a quest to stop Ganondorf from stealing the Triforce and destroying the world. Uh, after Zelda disappears. Uh, and leaves Link with the Ocarina of Time. He opens the door to the Sacred Realm and is suspended in time for seven years. While Link is frozen, Ganon has stolen the Triforce piece of power and has taken the world uh, over the world of Hyrule. Uh, Link is, when he wakes up, is aided on his quest by Sheik, uh, what is presented to us as a Sheik, a man who also desires to take down Ganon, um, and they must free the seven sages in order to banish Ganon into the Shadow Realm and find Princess Zelda. Um... Lastly, I'm just going to talk about the legacy a little bit. Um, I'll keep it brief. This game has received several ports and most notably was completely remastered in 2007 for the 3DS. Have you played this version? Do you know about it? I know about it, but I have not played it. I feel like we've got to find a way for you to be able to play this because <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. It, it. I think it's the best way to play this game as much as wow. I love playing the old version. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really tinker with much too. It's pretty much the exact same game, but I think for you to also be able to play this handheld, like you were doing the switch, I think might be, um, 
really fun. So we'll, that's, that's my homework for us is for us to figure this out. Yeah, that's a good goal. Um, this game was followed up by a direct sequel. My personal favorite game of all time, uh, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Ooh, Have yeah. you played that one? Oh, of course. Of course. I love it. It's one of my favorites, too. It's also a big reason. I mean, as I'll say probably as we get into it, but a huge reason why I like Ocarina is the playing of time or like how you can def- you can just fuck with time and yeah. time is a huge element of that game and it's a huge element of Majora's Mask. So anything that is kind of like that, I have a soft spot for. Same here. Uh, I love that. That's why you, you see all this uh, Majora stuff around me because yeah, I've, been, I've been yeah. streaming the game uh, on Twitch lately. So I'm as I'm, I told you about the Zelda games club. Mm-hmm. We're obviously doing our podcast discussions, which are at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. But um, I'm also streaming through as many of them as I can, and that's the one I'm doing now. Nice. Um, the last thing I wanted to say was that Ocarina of Time's plot was eventually responsible for the Zelda timeline split that was officially mm-hmm. published by Nintendo in 2011. Do you know about the Zelda timeline? Yeah. It's pretty I mean, wild. I, it's it is fun. really wild. It's fun. Yeah. I don't have any opinions on it, really, but... I mean, yeah, I, I accept it for what it is. I, sure. It, it does confuse me sometimes, and I just have to, like, look it up, but... Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. Cool. Um, as far as the history and context go, uh, goes, Shireen, did you want to add or share anything right now? Um, I'll add that the composer is Koji Kondo, and yeah. he's just this iconic, legendary game designer. He's one of the game designers, but he's also the composer, and he composed basically all the music for the Zelda games and a lot of the music for Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think he's like an iconic figure in video game history in general. But I think for me, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but not only was it like a pioneer in the 3D game uh, world, like that's why it probably amazed yeah. me so much as well. But I feel like it was a game that really incorporated music in a way that other games hadn't at that time. Sure, yeah. Especially because you're able to like play the ocarina and like literally transport yourself. And I feel like Koji Kondo really showed his skill in this game with all the different kinds of music, all the songs. There are so many songs that are so amazing yeah. that I'll get into. I mean, the Gerudo Valley theme is... Oh, I my, love it. It's my, one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah. But um, I think it was revolutionary in that way, too. You, you paid more attention to the music of the game. And I know the other games obviously had music, but I think this was a very interactive take on that. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's very fair, especially like you said. I mean, you're actually, I don't remember a game before this. It's possible there was one where you could like play music and play songs. uh, That are part of the game because you hear them in the game. And I think that's pretty sick. Yeah. It's very, it's very sick. Um, Thank you. I I don't think Koji Kondo gets mentioned enough on this show. So you've already done the listener a great service. Thank you. He's amazing. Yeah. He deserves a lot of props. Absolutely. Um, Now, why don't we do it? Why don't we jump in and get into what we're here for, which is your history with this game. So um, you, I know that you said that you were like really excited about the Nintendo 64, Mm -hmm. um, but do you remember being excited about this game in particular or how it came into your life? Yeah, definitely. It was the first game we got in N64 because we had already played Link to the Past on the SNES. Oh, nice. So we were already 
Zelda fans. The Triforce cool. was like so intriguing to us, and like uh-huh. Ganondorf was like the, I don't know. It was just or Ganon, and I think I'm pretty sure it's just Ganon and Link to the Past. Yeah, but sometimes uh, with two ends. Sometimes they spell yeah. with two ends. It's really strange. And he was just like a, he was like a pig, right? He <laughs> yeah, wasn't big even, pig man. Yeah. Uh, so we were already Zelda fans, and it was the first game. I think that was. Just like the Wii, <laughs> we got the, this console for the purpose of playing a Zelda game. Great, great reason and to do so. Yeah, so we, we, I don't know. I, it, that console is defined by that game for me. Um, so it came out in 1998. So I was eight um, when I started playing it. And I was just starting to like learn how to read music in elementary school because I was in band. Oh, cool. And so I feel like it came at this perfect time where I was like, oh my God, I can play music in real life and I can play it on this game. And it's like so cool. I have powers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. I I also just, the as I've already mentioned this, but like, the environment is just so expansive and so cool and the idea and like i love like epona or I, back in the day i said epona but I, it's I'm like it's like ocarina it right. i do yeah. the same th- i flip-flop i'm bad but i remember just feeling it was so cool that you can just like because I, I always wanted to ride a horse i still mm-hmm. do but I remember feeling it's so cool, like the galloping noises and just like going oh, yeah. on this horse across the field. And like, I, I don't know, there were so many elements of that game that I was like, this is amazing. Totally. I um, mean, even the, the opening yeah. title screen, like mm-hmm. it's that beautiful music that comes in slowly. Yeah. And then you, you hear the, like you said, the clopping of the, yeah. of the horse hooves and there's Epona and Link riding across uh, on it's the epic. horizon. So cool. It's so cool. Um, um, I, d- I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, you said you were like ready, excited for this game. You got the N64 to play it. Do you remember like when that happened or is it all a blur? Or do you remember you and your sister getting it and being like, this is, I remember did you me like sink sister, time into it? I remember me and my sister asking for the N64 a yeah. lot. And we we have this problem with like any anime or any game that we get like we binge it immediately like okay. <laughs> uh, especially back then like as soon as we got it we were just glued to the tv for hours so and cool. it was the only thing we did other than like eat um and sleep and i remember like just always wanting to go back and play go back and play mm-hmm. cuz like the, the the story it's like a it's like reading a really interesting book or something it is um were you sharing a file yeah. too Oh yeah, we always. I love that. The That's same such a file. fun anecdote. I mean, I was surprised when I grew up and realized that siblings didn't do that. Yeah, uh, maybe me and my sister were just really close, but it was it was only fun for me if we were experiencing it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked being able to. I mean, like there were some times where I was like, I wish I was playing right now, or like whatever. But sure. it was pretty evenly split, and I appreciated that someone was there to experience this wonderment with me more than anything else that's really cool um cool i was just a little curious about like what how you played it when you first got it and you you told us you binged and it's fun to hear that Um, you you shared that first file maybe this memory isn't that accurate but we might have gotten it for eid there's like a muslim celebration at the end of like it's like it's by the lunar calendar but back then it was like around christmas time for christian folk oh cool but for muslims it's by the lunar calendar so it keeps shifting but i'm fairly certain back then it was like a december time okay and it might have been the eid gift that we got but i might as be far as that the timeline goes that 
does uh, line mm-hmm. up because this game, uh, I, I, I know the date it was released. It was November 18th because it's three days after my birthday oh, in nice. 1998. So that totally okay. could have happened. Maybe. I think that's probably it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, again, I'm obsessed with the concept of time. I'm obsessed with the concept of time travel, of memory, of all the stuff. So the mm. thing that I thought was the coolest in this game was the Temple of Time. I oh, yeah. was fascinated with this location. I remember being so creeped out by the cemetery with, the, with all the, like, because it was like kind of the, on the outskirts of the temple at, in the future, I think. Yes. Um, and again, similar to Genova, like, I was just like, what? Like, I, all this, the When you skeletons. come out of the temple as an adult yeah. and Hyrule town is like decimated and there's yes. just all those zombies. Yes. It's like terrifying. I still sprint past it like I'm eight again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I remember looking at the graphics when I was older and I was like, it's incredible that this made me so afraid. <laughs> yes. Our imaginations did a lot and that yeah. was the, it was state of the art at the time. So, yeah. you know, it, may, it makes sense. But it just reminds I see you, you that mean. you were like kind of a baby, you know, it just reminds <laughs> you that like, of, like I was eight. <laughs> yes, totally. Um, And I was also in retrospect. Okay. So as an adult currently, I'm obsessed with the concept of like the child self and psychology and philosophy behind that and kind of honoring the child that you were as i've already mentioned before like their sense of wonderment is a part Mm. of that but looking back on it now there's a huge reason why i like this game back then is because there's this huge shift between child and adulthood and this gap of memory in between and you're trying to figure out what happens and there it just introduced a level of like time jumping i don't i don't think was a part of Zelda history before that point, I think it introduced the concept of playing with time. And then mm-hmm. it became a thing in Majora's Mask. It became a thing in Breath of the Wild. Or no, yeah. Skyward Sword, too. Oh, um, yeah, of course. Also Twilight Princess. It was like the door of time, I think. Oh, yes, you do go into the Temple of Time in that game. Yeah. But I'm fairly certain that Ocarina was the first time that concept was really laid out. And... Um, I just think it's pretty neat that even as a kid, I was like, yes, I like this. <laughs> yes, it's so cool. Um, but, but yeah, I also just think it's like cool that you can like play the song of time and go back there or play any song and just like get transported back to anywhere. And mm-hmm. I just loved that sense of freedom and that sense of like, again anything could happen including time travel like <laughs> totally and i just remember the first time it happened i was like wait i'm a kid again oh i'm an adult now and yes just wanting to fill in all these gaps and i don't know i think i not i not to interrupt too i don't no, like to interrupt too ahead. much but i since you're just talking about it i do remember obviously it was amazing going from child link pulling the sword and then mm-hmm. waking up as an adult Link and seeing you're like a taller, stronger yeah. character. That was really cool. Um, but I have to say, I don't think I knew that you would be able to be child Link again. Yeah. So when yeah. you get to do that a little later after being adult Link, that was so cool. It's like, I'm a kid. I can go back and I can see the people that I exactly, was Exactly. Exactly. I remember that so well, too. It was just... Again, like they just sell, they sold that unpredictable sense of wonder so well mm-hmm. because I remember that feeling too. I was just like, wait, 
I can go back and forth. Oh my God. I can see what happened in the future and like see how shitty it is now. And then go back to the past and try to fix your mistakes, even though obviously it's all fixed. But as a child, you're just like, let me, let me help this. Totally. Um, It's like something I, I think deep down in my mind and heart, I wish I could do now is just like go back in time as a little kid and just be around and just Mm -hmm. see it all again. Yeah. It would be really interesting. I also really fucking loved all the equipment that was introduced, like the hover boots. That was fucking sick. The hover so cool. boots and the, and the hook shot. I'm pretty sure introduced in this game. Maybe was, I'm wrong. So you're you're wrong. That was linked to the past. However, we did a whole episode uh, on a different show. We did about the hook shot because um, I think it's awesome. Part it's of so the Zelda cool. stuff we're doing, but. Um, this was the first time that you were using it in a 3D space in yeah. the t- in Link to the Past and that's true. No, I do remember the hookshot in Link to the Past. Actually, it was yeah. like used to like get boulders out or something, or like you could or you could what like use for a like, lot just, of the like, same pull pots closer to you. You could pull yourself closer to stuff. Oh, pull um, yourself. Kind of like sometimes in this game, you can like on a treasure chest or some mm-hmm. wood. But the th- my the thing I thought was interesting after thinking about it was that. As cool as it was in the in those games, the two D ones, in the three D game, this you can you don't see immediately everything that's on the screen. And the two D, you see all of your options, but in three yeah. D, it's like, what if I look up? Yeah, what's that? What if I and rotate? Then, what if I turn around? And it yeah. all, it's just it it gives a, I mean, kind of like this game, this franchise going into a three D space, having to ac- accommodate you know, another axis, mm-hmm. same thing for the hook shot. It's like, well, where could this take me? It c- yeah. I can go up. Cool. Well, at the very least I'm right about the hover boots because yes. that was a so sick, cool. Im- that was a those, sick addition. Are those, I don't think those are in any other game. Either. I don't think so either. Genuinely every game that I play, I'm wishing for the hover boots to come yeah. back, but they it should never happens. Back. I, have, I love the hover boots. Um, I also just, so um, what was I going to say? Okay, I guess I can get into this part now. Um, so back to the music and back to like Gerudo yes. Valley and stuff. Uh, I remember exactly that moment when my sister and I were like getting into Gerudo Valley and that uh-huh. music starts. Like, I am obsessed with that. Like, I'm still obsessed with that theme song, like the, the Gerudo Valley theme, which is like, yes. Yeah. It's just so fucking epic and cool and just like adventurous. I'm obsessed with that song. So I'm I can't believe it took us now Kondo. for one of us to sing a song in this game, but it was a special one, so it had to happen. <laughs> I mean it is, yeah. it's so rhythmic and like it gets you excited. Yeah. Like, and it has a lot of like both Spanish and Arabic influences sure, that you can yeah. hear. Um and I I, I was also just obsessed with the Gerudo women and mm-hmm. the just like the fact that they were just like all, this all female band of thieves i was like i want to be you i also yeah. want you <laughs> yeah but, um and, and in retrospect i do think there's a lot of stereotyping that goes on with oh, the Gerudo women where like the fact that they're darker skinned and the most sexualized characters in the game and wearing like belly dancing-esque outfits um i do think that's a problem now in retrospect but back then I think especially being like an Arab child, you kind of grasp for representation anywhere you can get it. Sure. And so yeah. I remember like just having this desert landscape with these like cool women that were darker skinned or just like had this music in the background, had sabers and stuff. It was just yeah. like, oh, we're like kind of in this game. <laughs> totally. 
Um, that makes a lot of sense. So I remember really liking the Gerudo for that reason. Uh, obviously, in retrospect, like the fact that we were so desperate for representation is kind of sad. Like similar to kind of like how my big fat Greek wedding or Bend It Like Beckham probably influenced Arab girls, but they're those are not Arab movies, you know. Yes. But like you kind of take it where you can get it. I mean, totally. Aladdin is also full of stereotypes. Like you can't even. They're just obvious, plain oh, stereotypes. Yeah. But but those are, that, that's what we got back then. So I loved the Gerudo Valley because I don't think, like, the, there was, like, a desert landscape in Link to the Past. But, again, like, this was the first time all these things were, like, given life and 3 d yeah. And so you were just, like, in this world that was so cool and um, similar to, like, Assassin's Creed and... Um, uh, like Arkham City and stuff, the Gerudo section was kind of like that, where you like had to hide and like <laughs> yeah. had to kill people like from like behind the corner, or, like from the roof or um, that area of the game. Yeah, it like I love, I have fun in every moment of that game. But once you get to that part where yeah, you're going through the the mm-hmm. Gerudo Fortress and then you're getting into the desert to get to the temple. Yeah, that part is like where you're like, all right, I'm really ready to just like go at it. It's just, yeah. at least for me, it's like, cause you have that stealth section where it's, you have to be on your game mm-hmm. or you'll get caught. And I also always get lost trying to find the four carpenters. I like, I know generally yeah. I can like feel it out, but I'm, there's always one that I'm like, where am I not looking? Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. that, that whole area is just, it's so it's sick. Great. It's just yeah. so sick. And, um, Honestly, like, so I'm I'm queer, but I feel like that game was like semi sexual awakening for me, like including the Gerudo women, but also Sheik. Like, yeah, Sheik being in this game is revolutionary. Like, not yeah. only is this woman like this Zelda basically cross dressing and being a badass, like she's such a badass. Oh my gosh, Sheik is so cool. <laughs> the coolest character in any game. I'm not and. She's just very cool. I'm not yeah. gonna go on record saying even she's in the Smash. Oh yeah, she's Sheik is oh, badass. She, she's OP in Smash. Yeah, but um, in my opinion, but um, but yeah, I think the way that they played with that character and just like not really even explaining too much that like like you're a woman. Like it, obviously it happens, but like I think the the fact that she's like a woman the whole time and a badass the whole time it was the it was like i kind of wish zelda was more like that in the future games she's not as badass as she was in ocarina of time Mm -hmm. she's not as like assertive or literally fighting at all yeah (laughs) yeah usually until like the very end i mean there are some because that i've this discussion is still somehow relevant like you wish it wasn't because Mm -hmm. you wish it was different but even in like Breath of the Wild, I guess you could be like, oh, it's cool because she's she's so powerful. She's the only thing holding Ganon back. But you also don't see her doing yeah. a lot of that stuff. It's like Same. a passive strength. And yes, that's that's a good way to characterize it, I think. And I think in Ocarina, she was just so fucking cool. And she had a, a hand in her own future. She was literally yeah. fighting. And the fact that like, what's her name? Uh, Impa? Like Impa mm-hmm. is... Impa is probably my favorite character of all time, to be honest. Impa yeah. is amazing. But the fact that, like, you got to see the influence of Impa on her and, like, there's a reason why she knows how to fight and all this stuff. It's just, I really like that version of Zelda so, so much. Yeah. And the way it played with 
with womanhood or queer. I mean, for me, it was queerness, to be honest, in that yeah. way. Like, um, I really, really loved the way she was portrayed in that game. And I kind of wish she was portrayed that way more. I'm not sure why they, like, let go of Sheik um, in every game after that, other than, like, obviously, like, Smash Brothers, but every Zelda game. Yeah, I, I wonder if... It has something to do with like if we saw Sheik, it would be like, oh, I know who that is because mm. in the in Ocarina, obviously, it's like, who is this like dude helping me? But yeah. the reveal. But I think you could still probably do something similar. They in in Wind Waker, they they sort of do something like that, but she's still just like the little pirate. Yeah, exactly. Person. It's like kind of but you know. Yeah. You, yeah. you know the whole time. Like, yeah, exactly. I remember like thinking it was like I didn't. I remember being surprised. I really do. I don't sure. remember what hundred percent believing. Like that can't be her. Like where's all her hair? Like I was being too literal about it. Like totally. So, I just think it's like so cool to see Zelda, the princess Zelda, literally kick someone's ass. And yeah. um, I don't know. There, there's a lot of hope that. With Breath of the Wild too, because there's mm-hmm. been almost nothing revealed besides yeah. the first trailer almost two years ago, that she will be a playable character. There's a lot of hope behind that idea. Yeah. And I think if it doesn't happen, people are going to be pretty bummed out by that. Yeah, I've heard about that, and I hope that's the case, too. I've also heard – so I kind of wish Breath of the Wild was a little bit darker. I thought sure. it was going to be a little bit darker. It was yeah. kind of too – I don't know uh, – abc family for me but sure um, <laughs> shout out but, abc family <laughs> don't you know sorry sorry I, as, as i trash them um, yeah <laughs> but i i kind of hope breath of the wild 2 will go there like the trailer seems significantly darker already but i'm not yeah. sure if they're just like leading us to believe that one she's playable and two is going to be darker but um i was i was craving like this dark ganondorf moment in breath of the wild yeah. like this like like I just I'm a, I'm a sucker for like an exploration of someone's character and like their reasoning behind it. And we didn't get any of that at all. I am so hopeful that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of speculating people have done based on truly the two minute trailer yeah. there is <laughs> because you sort of see this what is assumed to be yeah. Ganon's corpse like snap to life. And it's like, what if we did? That is an interesting thing that this series has still barely touched on. Mm-hmm. Probably best in Wind Waker is like, who is this guy? Yeah. Why does he keep, because obviously he talks about, he is this returning evil force. Like I want to get into that more and like maybe not humanize him, but like relate to whatever reason Mm -hmm. he has. So I'm with you. I, I, I'm I'm just trying to manifest this right now, Shireen. I just want this to happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think he looked really cool in Ocarina of Time. I don't think he looks repulsive. I I like that he looks kind of badass. Sure, yeah. um, Has this cool horse and stuff. Yeah. Um, I still remember the painting, the ending boss where he's like in the paintings and stuff. That was just so cool. Phantom Ganon. Oh, yeah, Phantom Ganon. That's what it was. Um, And... By the time this came out, my younger sister was like a toddler. And so... Mm -hmm. We kind of played it all together. Like she got a little bit older. We played it again with her, but we always like assign each other parts of the Triforce because there's three of us. Aww, Obviously, I'm always courage. Um, hell yeah! <laughs> my older sister's a doctor, so she's wisdom, um, and my little sister's a little brat, so she's power. Um, <laughs> I was wondering how you're going to tie power into her. 
<laughs> she gets everything she wants. Because um, she has As the power of being do. the baby. Uh, but like back to the game. Yes, I yes. think it was just like the collecting the Triforce and and the spirit. What are they called? The spirit sto- stones? Oh, what yeah. The spiritual called? stones. Yeah. And spiritual the first three stones you get. Stones. Yeah. The spiritual stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you like, I just, that, that whole thing it was just so fun and interactive in a different way. And I do think that that first time experience is a huge reason why it's still nostalgic and like yeah. amazing for me. Um, and again, back to like the child adult things, I think it's really sick that you can like face your child self, but also uh, you can like obviously travel back and forth from childhood and adulthood, but certain tasks can only be performed as a child, like yes. and other tasks as an adult. Items like the slingshot can only be used when you're a kid, and then like the bow can only be used as an adult. And I just think that's really cute. Like, I just, yes, yeah. <laughs> I just think that's a really cool progression. Like, you can use a slingshot if you're an adult, but you can use it a bow if you're a kid. Like, I don't know. I just think it's kind of cute. Um, it is. It is cute. It's a. It's yeah. a. Like some of it doesn't totally. It's like why couldn't the adult use the slingshot? Yeah. But it's like whatever. It's they gotta it's differentiate cute. the two. The kid and the yeah. adult usage. It's cute and. Um, back to like Sheik and Zelda and stuff. I feel like, and the in, in comparison to the Gerudo women, especially like Sheik is never Sheik and Zelda are never sexualized. Yeah. Um, and I feel like so many women in video games are like, including the Gerudo, but also like, like Tifa and and Final Fantasy oh, Seven yeah. or like Lara Croft. Mm-hmm. Any game, any any game, like the Truly. probably the only female has like giant ex- like exploding tits. I mean, have um, you seen Miss Pac-Man lately? Oh, boy. <laughs> Fair. Um, but... Not to but derail I, your point, I'm sorry. No, I mean, it's it was a funny point. Um, Thank you. But I do think it's refreshing to have Zelda not just be this, like, image of purity, this princess sure. in every other game that she's in. Like, she's just a fucking badass in Ocarina of Time. And I yeah. was all about that. Um, and back to like the psychology thing, like I yeah. I do think the child self is a purposeful psychology philosophy kind of nugget because yeah. there's also Dark Link, Dark mm-hmm. Link in that game. I mean, I know he was introduced in Link in the Past, Link to the Past. I think he was maybe other games, I think but it's, it's it's um it is before it's uh the Adventure of Link, which was the second game on the NES. But you're right, yes, yeah. I think this concept of battling your dark self is so fascinating. And I remembered that level so, so much. It was the water temple. So everything was like a reflection and a mirror. And that's already like psychology talk, like not only like fighting yourself, but also like mirror and like you're mirroring your attacks too. It's just, it's so, so interesting. And I remember liking it back then, but as an adult, I have a deeper appreciation for it because I'm obsessed with like, Carl Jung and psychology and all this stuff now. And uh, I read this thing that was saying that Dark Link is more than just another battle against a monster for Link. It's also a battle against himself as the young hero who, who has to face his own strength that has turned against him. Yeah. And I just think that's like, what other game talks about this, the hero's strength or power that way? It was so 
you don't just get strong and like save the day. You have to actually think about what th- this power that you're getting, especially yeah. being, especially the Triforce ha- being with an evil person like Ganondorf, like power can be implemented for bad, you know? Totally. I think it, yeah. at the same time, I, lo- I love, I love that too. It, again, as an adult, it's not something I really thought about as a kid mm-hmm. because the, you know, battle against yourself, uh, sometimes you can be your own greatest enemy, but it's really relatable Sort of like the loss of childhood is as yeah, well, which exactly like, is something and the that loss I also of his came memory. Like loss yeah. of his childhood, loss of his memory. Like he's gone through fucking trauma here, you know? Yeah. And then he has to battle himself. Like back then I just thought it was, I remember thinking it was so cool and so yes. kind of creepy to battle the shadow version of you and all the stuff. But I'd love to be able to appreciate this game. It's a game as an adult, yeah. you know? Um and there's just like so much depth. There's so much layers and introspection involved in that. I just uh, like facing your darkness or your dark self or mirrors or facing your child self. Yeah. Uh, that you can't have light without darkness. All this stuff. I I honestly think that Carl Jung would love Zelda if he was around. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny because some of the stuff you're talking about. And, and that we've been discussing is presented overtly. It's very obvious. They're telling you this. It's sometimes even as explicitly said in dialogue, but other things like some of the themes that we've, I mean, you're most recently sharing about, um, about, you know, fi- your th- battle against yourself and the, and the, the, the ch- whole childhood loss of the childhood and memory thing. That's almost more subtle. So mm-hmm. it's like over time you almost have, like I have truly, I think I have completed this game 20 times because <laughs> it's really easily digestible mm-hmm. and I know it so well that it, I can like mainline it. That being the case, and maybe you can relate to this too, it's over time that I've grown to understand and appreciate these more subtle, less yeah. uh, less obvious aspects, but that are totally in the game. I And I think that's why I appreciate it so much because you can love it as a kid not realizing these deeper meanings and the fact that we can appreciate it in a different way as like bigger brained adults or whatever. I think that's an amazing game that is truly a pioneering game to like have that generational impact. Um, I also just think the ending is heartbreaking in that same way because the concept of memory is there. The concept of like knowing the future is there. Like hopefully, like, I don't know. It's just, it's it's just so good. I just love it so much. Um, I'm sure there's so many other aspects that I'm forgetting, but I don't know. I, I love that game so, so much. I also just love for the first time in a Zelda game being able to like physically see like the the Goron route like place, oh, the water yeah. place and like all these characters just have come to life and you can imagine them so clearly. Um, obviously, that's a benefit of having like better graphics and Link to the Past, but I think, I think Ocarina of Time did a phenomenal job establishing those visuals that have still carried on now and establishing these songs that have still carried on now. Um, Totally. So it's just, I mean, hats off. It's truly a perfect game to me. Um, And I mean, like literally (laughs) my text tone is that sound of the, if you solve a puzzle or like oh, there's yes. a chest nearby, it's like yes. I, I don't have good tone, but um, no, I I know it because <laughs> I've considered making it my tone before. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's a great sound. It's almost like my attempt was to be like 
oh, what's what could that be? Like a sense of wonder. But yeah. uh, instead of me being like, I don't want to talk to anybody, and it doesn't work that way. Um, now I just get annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> now that's, the sound, if it goes on too much, I'm just like, shut up. That's like placing your favorite song as your alarm tone in the morning. It'll yeah. just have that effect. My ringtone is the Zelda theme. But my alarm is the Super Mario, like when you get the star song. Yes. And that makes me so anxious. So I have to turn it off. Like, yeah, <laughs> like that is stressful. To, waking up to that is so anxiety inducing. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Now you hear it out in the wild and it's like, what's happening? Okay, yeah, exactly. I'm fine. I'm, I'm awake. Um, yeah. yeah the, you were just sharing something about how much this game established. And we sort of touched on that earlier as well like not just for the series but also for games and 3d games in general Mm -hmm. like so many games this game is not only iconic because it's a phenomenal game but it's iconic because it sort of feels like the building block for 3d action games in general um yeah and you can i mean i'm sure many developers would credit this or credit a game influenced by this for influencing them and the way they i mean for us it was the way we even got acquainted with 3d space and games like truly um mario 64 did that for me too but me too me too this was different mario 64 was definitely like that my friend had it though we didn't have it because we got zelda first yes and so i remember playing it at her house being like whoa like yeah this is wild and i was like kind of bad at it at first but but um but yeah, uh, I I do think that's another good point. Is like there's a reason why people rank this so highly. It's not just the gameplay. It's not just the story or how it was like revolutionary in so many ways. Like it just established a style that has. It's still the main thing now. Like like three D. Yeah. Uh, gameplay or just like rotational shit it's like yeah maybe it's also a testament to the n64 itself you know totally. like nintendo is like the king of games to me yeah um but yeah uh maybe i'm just too sentimental to ever have another favorite maybe it's child of the colossus like second or something but yeah <laughs> um it's funny the things yeah. that like i mean you could even look at shadow and be like oh here's like some Ocar- ocarina dna yeah. Is like the bow and arrow shooting. It's it's the it's the running around and moving the camera. Yes, it's, it's some of the bosses kind of look like they would belong in like the forest temple or something, or like totally just riding around on a horse trying to figure out what to do. Like obviously those yes. are like basic things, but I do think Ocarina was the first of that kind. Totally. Um, um man, yeah, it's, I'm obsessed. It really is fantastic. Um, did you uh? I, you shared a lot about when you you two had first gotten in the game. Do you have any other memories you didn't get to share about like whether whether they are just generic like this was like what was what was going on for you in life or was there specific things like you remember when you and your sister did this part or beat it or or right. you ever came back to it in a special way? I mean, there's definitely moments I remember really well. Like I talked about the Dark Link, the Phantom Ganon, totally. Gerudo, um, elements of like the forest and water temples and just like meeting Gorons for the first time. I thought they were so cute. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and just like being obsessed with Epona. Like I was just so obsessed with that horse. I'm still like, she's a, she's a cutie. She's um, so cute. And just being able to like call her with a song. I don't know. Yeah. 
the hover boots. I remember the first time I used those, I was like, oh my God, I can fly. Yes. Um, it's there's I, there. I don't know if you feel this way, but there are things about this game, like the ways that I play it and interact with it that like is second nature to me, but I don't know if everybody else does it. Like if, for example, if you've got the hover boots on and you're going to try to like traverse a gap every time without fail, I'll run towards the edge, roll, and then continue my run. Little yeah. subtleties like that. I don't know if you, if yeah, that, I can relate. It's yeah. like ingrained in you. It's like muscle memory. Totally. Um, I do think the most fantastical memory or like, feeling i have towards this game is related to the temple of time though because yeah. i remember like just how cool and like how in awe i felt even just like walking into it and like the concept the concept of like putting in a sword taking it out you become an adult or you become a kid like the fact that because he like there's like a gap in his memory because he couldn't have used it as an adult or, or yeah. no, he, he he wasn't able to use the sword as a kid i mean I just think that whole concept was so fascinating and was so, I don't know. I just really, really loved the Temple of Time. And maybe because I was also like, like dealing with not believe, like I was raised Muslim. I don't really believe anything right now, but I think I was yeah. also maybe part of it. Like, I think this, uh, I don't know, this grand, this, I was kind of like afraid of God for a lot yeah. of reasons. And I think that temple was very like church-like for some reason. Oh, 100%. And I think the, like, even just having a cemetery song. outside. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think it made me like in the middle of awe and terrified. And sometimes that's a really cool feeling. And I remember yeah. feeling really cool or like feel, having that feel cool to me in that moment. Wow. Um, and yeah, I just... I just credit it to a lot of things like and I, maybe I'm like stretching here with the religion thing, but it's definitely like for me a queer revolution <laughs> or oh, like yeah. uh, like just being able to have that church like or like religious like vibe without being religious at all. I just think totally. it's it's just so the things I remember the most are the things that made me feel something. Right. Mm -hmm. And obviously there are certain bosses I remember. Like I still remember the first time we had to fight like the very first thing, that giant spider. Oh yeah. I remember, Goma. I remember that so well. And I just remember being like, cause my sister hated spiders. So she would never do it. Yes. I was always the one to kill the spider. Um, that's so funny. Even, even in real life, to be honest. Uh, that's a, that part is so cool because yeah. it's, it's truly can that first off the, the great Deku tree, even though it's the first dungeon, it's really amazing how much it teaches you yes. about, and that you're learning about this, we've talked about it a lot, but the 3D space of the game, mm -hmm. like that first boss, you're only going to be able to start fighting it. You can hear something going, like moving on the roof yeah. until you go into your first person perspective and yeah. look up. Yes, Until then, exactly. it won't work. But then it like looks at you and it zooms in. Yeah. It's so cinematic too. The whole it's game is awesome. It's very cinematic. That's yeah. the thing. The whole game is so cinematic. It's like you're in, in, in a movie. It's just like you're in a movie. And yeah. even like the, I say Deku, but Deku tree. Uh, the Deku tree, even like, there's just a lot of history that you learn about the Zelda universe in that game, about the, the Kokiri, is that what they're called? Yeah, I feel like, mm -hmm. I feel like they changed their name in other games, but, um, but I I just liked knowing the history behind certain things and being able to go back in time when you're an adult and like learn about the like 
the water temple or whatever. I just, I really loved the way that it was truly this like interactive story in like yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just, I can't, I mean, I'm just rambling at this point. I just think it's a sick game. No, and- that's okay. <laughs> this is all great. Um, yeah. I, I would ask you to sort of like, you've, I would, I normally, like I even told you, I normally ask my guests to sort of wrap up their feelings or put like a bow on it but i feel like you've already done that so much for us so i mean yeah i again i ramble a lot so apologies to listeners they're like you're repeating yourself i do that (laughs) i apologize um but yeah i just thinking about ocarina makes me think about childhood wonderment yeah and that is sacred to me that is the most sacred thing and i like the concept of like introducing to kids that you can use power for good or bad and i just think it's a very important game for childhood but also you turn to an adult it's an important game for an adult i think yeah i just love so many aspects of this game and i think i especially love i loved it more and more as i thought about it as an adult because of the philosophical psychological implements that it had yeah totally um because it's a very smart game a lot of zelda games are so smart and i appreciate that a lot and again i one day want badass zelda to come back hopefully she comes back in breath of the wild too but we'll see yeah nintendo uh (laughs) figure it out you you fools uh well thank you Shireen, so much for sharing about uh, your your love and all the things you just really care about about this game. I mean, like you said, this is just such a special game to truly so many people. Mm-hmm. One of the most uh, important games ever. Um, but we're not quite done yet. Uh, to wrap up the show, I do have two fun post-show segments that I have prepared for you. The first of which is the Fact Me by Your Game segment. And this is just where I share... Fun facts about uh, about this about the game that my guest chooses to them. So I've got two facts I want to okay. share. These are different. I will have you know from the ones okay. I shared with July. I, I made sure to <laughs> mix it up. Um, but I've got two prepared for you today. And the first one I have I've started giving them titles. And the okay. first one is Navi de- deserves love too. So according to an interview in Nintendo Power and a follow up with a magazine called. Famimaga 64, which was an N64 magazine, uh, Shijiro Miyamoto, the creator of the Zelda series and one of the leads on this game, revealed uh, Navi's previously planned bigger role in the game. She already has a big role. She's Link's fairy at the very beginning. She guides you through so much. She's your companion. I mean, um, that established the, hey, listen. <laughs> yes. I, I. It's so funny we haven't even talked about that, but yeah. she also is like the um, catalyst for the beginning of Majora's Mask because Link mm-hmm. goes to look for her. Yeah. Um. Anyway, um, he revealed the plan for her previously, uh, her previously planned bigger role in the mm-hmm. game. So not only was her story and arc cut down, um, from what they originally had planned, but he had hoped to make her pretty by including a small character model. Um. Obviously, we know her as the little ball with wings yeah i think um, that's adorable to be honest I which love is that it's truly wings. really cute yeah. um and the the idea that he had of this tiny model going around was probably like tinkerbell it's very tinkerbell reminiscent i don't um, like that for sure uh and it gets 
it goes even further into that. I so, like that Navi now is this asexual being. <laughs> like, I don't yes, want this, her to be this little tennis ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, oh, it's going to go further into that, Shireen. Just you oh, wait. No. So, um, uh, this just like wasn't possible at the time they were developing this game for the N64. So, in addition uh, to this, after getting asked if Link had a, would have a girlfriend in this game in that same interview in 1997. Miyamoto hinted at a potential love triangle between Zelda, Link, and Navi. Um, huh. Saying, I know it's kind of interesting. So saying sometime, saying this time that uh, this time Navi is very jealous of Zelda. So within the story, Navi feels something for Link, which like you said, is very reminiscent of Peter Pan, Tinkerbell, exactly. Wendy. I mean, the more, the more you talked, I was like, that is the plot of Peter Pan. <laughs> truly. And it's funny because Zelda has all the way back to the original first game has roots to Peter Pan. So it's like funny wow, how that yeah. continues. Um, yeah. I just I mean, thought that was so weird. It's kind of what they did in Twilight Princess, kind of. Oh, a little like, bit with Midna. I, I didn't like Midna or, I mean, I, I liked it at the time, but I don't think it's a very strong game in comparison to the others. But sure. uh, yeah, I, and I love a good love triangle. Yeah. But I'm I don't, glad, I'm, I'm honestly glad, glad that Nobby was it. a ball. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm happy with that choice, uh, personally. Um, The second fact I have for you Mm. is all about, oh, for that first fact that came from a a pretty good YouTube channel called Game Over Jesse, the second one I have titled Z Targeting's Origin, which this all comes from Did You Know Gaming, a really cool, I think you would, if you looked up just Did You Know Gaming Ocarina, you're going to find a couple videos you would just love. Um, Anyway. Uh, the switch for the Zelda franchise from 2D to 3D presented the developers with some issues, one of which, because of, you know, the extra axis now being mm-hmm. in 3D, one of which was how combat would work. Mm-hmm. Um, for inspiration on how to solve some of the many issues they were having, the development team, or a few of them at least, took a trip to Toei Kyoto Studio Park, which was a like a sort of a genre theme park in Japan, which often had period drama shows in their own sort of little uh vignette areas Mm -hmm. at one point the team watched a uh, ninja show as it's been described where a samurai caught a chain thrown by a ninja and when the chain was taught the samurai and ninja were circling around each other in battle so it was from that visual that they got the idea of z targeting where you're pretty much doing exactly that it's nuts um that's so cool it's it's really interesting how like just something can inspire yeah an idea uh a little fun extra tidbit on the end of this fact is that uh actors from this park were actually hired to perform motion capture action for different combat and enemies in the game i like that they were like hey you inspired us come help us yeah uh we'll pay you um that's it for the fact we buy your game segment i will now move on to the final segment which is the game recommendation segment now this shireen is my one forced tie-in to the movie call me by your name (laughs) where i am going to treat uh ocarina of time as your passionate summer love that you are eventually going to move on from because i found myself when i finally watched that movie i was sure to watch it before i named this podcast it because i was like (laughs) i need to know everything goes on um yeah uh in that movie, of course, at the end, you know, Timothy Chalamet's character is no longer seeing Army Hammer's character. And I did find myself sort of wondering, like, oh, this kind of reminds me of real life. Like, who does who would he date next? Sort of like 
And I thought about my own past, my friend's past dating. Like, is he going to date someone who's wildly different? Is he going to date someone who's like, oh, that looks exactly like his ex? Or is it going to be like a crazy rebound? So these suggestions are recommendations are sort of based on that loose idea. Okay. So the first one that I have for you uh, is if you would like to play another great third-person adventure game on the Nintendo 64 with a true hero, there's a game called The Legend of the Mystical Ninja. Uh, the Le- I think it's called The Adventure of Goemon. Um, okay. So it's another another game where it's on the N64, so if you've got to have those N64 roots, mm-hmm. that's for you. Uh, the second one... Is actually these last two I'm really excited about because you talked about liking these elements of this game. Um, is uh, if you want to play as another time traveling hero on a quest to save the world, I'll recommend uh, Chrono Trigger. Have you heard of this game? Yeah, before? I have. I have heard of the game, but I have not played it. Another I've heard, uh, Square Enix game. A lot of people tell me to play it though. Yeah, a lot of people are like, "You'll like this game," and I was like, "I'll yeah. get to it." And it's been th- like 20 years. If you like Final Fantasy and Zelda. I think you would. This is like considered one of the greatest games ever. Yeah. Um, no, I believe you. You're. I. I've been wanting to play it for literal years. But okay. I got someday. Do it. Um, f- the final recommendation for you, and by far the most important one, is that if you want to play another game as the blonde hero with your horse companion, I can only recommend a game for the Wii called. Horse life, where you are just a girl with a horse and you ride around your horse. And I think there's some a bunch of equestrian stuff going on. You may even compete with your horse, but this is like horse girl. Uh, <laughs> it's a horse girl, the game. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. That's really funny. So that's my final uh, recommendation for you. Uh, again, the most important for sure. But that is the end of the game recommendations. And Shireen, that actually brings us to the end of the show. So, um, before, uh, we plug and again, plug anything you'd like, including stuff you plugged at the top. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. This was a blast. And yeah, thanks for letting me ramble and talk anytime heady concepts that aren't that heady, but I just like to talk. (laughs) You are so welcome. Um, This is a, such a nice excuse to a get to talk about one of my favorite games ever. And it's always a nice excuse to get to hang out with someone and get to know them better. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Likewise, I am honored to have been asked and I would love to come back more than twice so I can beat Edgar at that yes. record. You know what? That's I the think, only reason. <laughs> no, I think we can make that happen. He is the villain of this show. Um, so I I'm glad that you to. said it and not me. Yes. Um, I'll say it. Um, I, I'll take the, the brunt for that. Um, <laughs> well, on your way out, what would you like the people, the listeners to follow you on? Do you want people to listen to anything? Uh, tell us your plugs. Yeah, um, you can follow me on social media if you want to. Uh, if you don't, I get it. But if you do, it's Shiro Hero on Instagram. It's S H E E R O H E R O, and on Twitter, it's Shiro Hero six six six. Nice, um, very cool. Thank you. Uh, Shiro Hero <laughs> was taken. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, my website is my name ShireenLani.com. I don't know. If you want to check stuff out, you can. If you want to hire Shireen, if you want to uh, get my book, it's on Amazon. Yeah, hire me. Also, Amazon is trash, but my book is on there. So if you're interested, I could ship you a copy and you just like cover shipping or some shit. Very cool. 
Um, cause I, I'm trying not to support Amazon as much as yeah. I can. And I hate that my book is only, I mean, I made it so long ago. Um, their app for making books was so easy back in the yeah. day, but regardless, uh, just follow me along. I'd, I'd appreciate a follow if you're interested and, um, I'm a weirdo on the internet and I'm a weirdo in real life. So who knows what will happen? I love it. Uh, yeah. and do you, would you like to plug your show one more oh, time? Sure. Ethnically ambiguous. It's um, on iHeartRadio, but it's available everywhere. You find podcasts. We come out with episodes every we- every Monday, every cool. Monday, and we have some really cool guests on the show that are just really interesting to talk to. And um, yeah, like I mean, <laughs> this was a while ago, but still one of the most iconic episodes ever uh, with Alfred Alfred. Mer- Sorry, I stutter. That's okay. Alfred Molina. What? Was on our podcast. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I'm 100% serious. <laughs> he is the 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 gem of human existence. He's the kindest person I've ever met. He insisted we call him Fred because that's what his friends call him. Wow. Um, the picture that I have of him is the happiest I've ever looked. I'm exuding pure joy. Uh, so if you want to just like dabble around, because I know we have so many episodes in the backlog, sure. but that one's a great one. So um, you're telling me that... I'm on a podcast with someone who's been on a podcast with Fred. Yep. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Um, there are other guests that are really cool, like Reza Aslan. And uh, recently we've had some really sick guests. But um, but yeah, there's also like some news ones that we did back in the day. But at this point, they're not very topical. But sure. there are some that like, I guess the ones that mean the most to me are the ones that like we call my parents on several occasions. We call wow. my co-host parents. We, um, yeah, so those are fun. But I'm talking a lot at this point. It's follow if you want to. I oh, genuinely yeah. don't listen to a lot of podcasts, even though I have one. So I get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just check it out and see if there's a guest that you want to tune into and give it a whirl awesome thank you uh we'll we'll put that a link to the show to your podcast in the show notes and and uh and your website and socials and all that so thank you so listener you can just click and check it out there yeah um i'll close us out with some plugs of my own uh this cover art of our show is done by at glenn.j on instagram he has a bunch of incredible work not just the the cover art he made for us just as a fan favor he just sent it to me one day so uh check him out and support him um we of course have a patreon at patreon.com slash super npc radio and if you like me you like uh like to hear me talk about video games and you want to hear even more stuff from me including our year-long celebration of the legend of zelda series you can check us out there um that is specifically on our uh, dj toad ten dollar tier uh, in case you're interested that's where you can find it or check out the free first two episodes we did on breath of the wild and the og legend of zelda in this feed um a few weeks ago at this point um our show is produced by jeremy schmidt you should check out his show on our network video games a comedy show it also streams every friday on my twitch channel at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69 um Usually at 6 p.m., but check our socials. We'll be updating that every every Friday. And then you can also follow me on Twitter at Connor underscore McCabe. And then also for you Zelda freaks out there, uh, I stream for The Legend of Zelda every Friday. And, or sorry, every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific and every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific. Subject to change. That'll do it for this episode of Call Me By Your Game. We will see you on the next one.